and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. So today we've got a very special guest on all the way from the other side of the world. He is a YouTube sensation, I do so myself. He has got, <laughs> he's an absolute heartbreaker. He's got the voice of an angel and uh, he's also a business owner that runs his own coaching platform that helps thousands of others. So I suppose you could say, he's, he sounds a little bit like me, just got the heartbreaker bit mm-hmm. and the, the voice of an angel. But, um, Thanks, thanks for coming on anyway, Zach. Um, and uh, thank, thanks for having And um, we'll, we'll dive straight into it. Today's topic is going to basically be looking at, I don't know what I'm going to call a podcast yet. I might call it the, the dangers of dieting, but I, I guess we'll kind of wrap it up. When, dangers of dieting. When it sounds like some sort of <laughs> tragedy. Uh, uh, but before we, before we dive into the juicy bit, I think we all met. It was probably the first, well, your guys' first Gymshark event, wasn't it, in Manchester? Yeah, last yep. year. Last July? I would lose yep. track of time. I don't even know. It this, was last July, wasn't it? It's pretty much a year ago. Yeah. A bit over. This year's just flown by with COVID, hasn't it? I so. feel like this year hasn't yeah. even been a year. It's just been like it's August. I have to like check my watch every day. I'm like, is it actually August? I know. Mm. We were we were going to come to Oz in January again next year, but I think from what I've heard from other people, I don't think like Oz are going to be opening the borders like sometime, are they? Yeah, we're cooked down here. There's nothing going on. Like. I don't think they have any plans to to even open that stuff up. So I'm just I've just ruled out travel for a while now. Just come to terms with it. Yeah, it's a sad. Is what it is. I know mm. a bit a bit shitter for a little bit, but after uh, well, we're not too bad at traveling, are we? We we've been to like Barcelona, we've been to a couple of different places. That's so good. Yeah. So Elliot went to Greece like the other day. I can't even leave the house. <laughs> like I got to go outside. I'm like, this. Yeah, you but, when Sorry, he was there the other day, he messaged me saying, oh, just fly out. I was like, mate, I'm fucking driving down the M50 back, back to Liverpool. He's <laughs> actually the fly out to Greece. But yeah, I mean, that, we're, we're lucky that we can still get on about a little bit. But um, You just do what you can, though. Like, I've just been doing more work, basically, at home, just getting stuck into more different projects and just getting other stuff done. So it hasn't been too bad. Like, you take what you can get. Yeah, I suppose for you, it's coming up to your summer as well, isn't it? Yeah, just the first day of spring, like what, yesterday. Yeah. So happy days. <laughs> we're, we're just coming to the shit store now, aren't we? Yeah, the weather here is absolutely yeah. terrible. Absolutely. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, I mean it just, it's not even just that it's cold, it rains every single day. So, yeah, you can't get your steps in, you can't go for your walk. Yeah, it's that's, cold. That's, that's the bad thing. Mm. Mm. What are you doing in winter when you're trying to get like your steps up? You're just walking around, doing laps around the house. Mate, it, it's, pre- it's pretty much pointless being shredded yeah. this time, yeah, because. <laughs> no one apart from your next door neighbour sees you. Nobody will see you. Yeah, no, no yeah literally. Yeah. No one sees you and your bullies apart from the next door neighbour and taking the washing out of the bottom. But um, <laughs> <laughs> talking, talking about being shredded, I think we'll, we'll dive into the juicy part of the, the podcast now. I want to kick off with a couple of quick, quick stats anyway. One that I was quite surprised about when I was looking at some of the Aussie stats actually because over in the UK, we just released a scheme recently to tackle type 2 diabetes, which is obviously a usually direct effect of like lifestyle choice and is directly correlated to obesity. And I think I had the stat pulled up there that in the UK, that the majority of adults who are overweight and obese, it comes like about 67% of the adult population. Well, those being men anyway, and then 60% being women. And then I was looking at the Aussie stats and it was, I think it was published by government guidelines as well. Um, in one of the national surveys that was done, it had that two thirds, and again, 67% of Aussies adults were overweight or obese, which is 12.5 million. But I think that, I think that's, for me, that was quite surprising because when I yeah. went to like Bondi, I suppose it's a, every place is different. When I went to Bondi last year, the majority of people that like you're seeing like walking around, with it, like not everyone's in mega good shape, but you don't see as many, I suppose, fatties as you do. That's that's Bondi though. That's because it's yeah. the, the place where all the better people just like. <laughs> it's like just an just a festival flat out but like i would say just regular streets most but it's the same like here as it is in america by the looks of it like it's and the uk it's it's all the same i feel yeah yeah well i think the big thing for us now because the i I spoke about briefly yesterday they pushed out this in the uk this soup and shake scheme which yeah what's the go with that like just a quick like picture but what is it so it's basically because type 2 diabetes over here, they reckon eventually it's going to crush the NHS. And because it's costing like 10 billion per year, I think, in like admissions and 
uh, like one in every 20 prescriptions are due to type 2 diabetes. They're, they're pushing out this mm-hmm. scheme, which is like a really aggressive, low-calorie diet to, because they, that's the way that you reverse type 2 diabetes via lifestyle choice. But yep. um, I think the only thing for us was, and the thing that we were looking at, is like the long longevity of it. Checking that noise. And the, the longevity of it, basically. Um, because what, what I think it was 800 calories that the person's on, and it's got to be done for three months to help reverse it. I think uh, like, my biggest concern was like, what are people going to do afterwards? Like 800, cal- 800 a day, that's it. Yeah, and, it, and it's, it's obviously it's all it's all liquids because it's <laughs> super, super that's crazy. Okay, so if, if you look at with it. yeah, so if you look at it from a perspective of like well, the way that we'd look at it with clients, is that you probably tell people don't don't get your calories from liquids, don't do something that's <laughs> mega low, like it, it's the complete opposite of what we'd I suppose be used to. Hundred percent. I suppose like when it comes from a medical need, if it's like a latch this resort, then you can kind of understand that somewhat. But my biggest issue is gonna be what's happening comes to these after. people. Like how how do you how do you come back from that? Like what do you do like when um, I fancy an Nando's day? Or like I fancy doing something different, you just can't I, I that just like sounds like it has a hundred percent chance of failure for like mm-hmm. longevity, but it has it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. because like i know you can't really give um guidelines in general advice like you guys would know this too you can't give general advice about fitness and stuff because there is no general advice it's always like it depends every single question you get oh well it depends you know so like it's difficult that's why a scheme like that it's difficult to give to make it general but still i feel like that isn't going to work very well unless they give people a bit of a plan to work out of it and be like and even like knowledge and explaining things and stuff of of what is happening to their body when they have 800 calories every single day for so long. That does not seem smart, but I feel like that's the one thing like the general world doesn't do. They do things like the crash diets or the, (laughs) that name's horrendous, isn't it? Soup and shake. But so they'll do it for a period of time, but they don't educate them. But like you don't learn it in, I don't know, you don't learn it in high school or college or just like the basics of nutrition. And do you really you don't like we don't do that in the UK anyway, do we? Jesus. Okay, I had stuff like I don't know if you had it over there, but we had like RP, like those those lessons where you put condoms on bananas and people just fuck about for a, oh, <laughs> for a good hour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sex ed. Yeah, but yeah. Well, no, it's sex education. People, the kids are watching Red Tube and stuff. They don't know what. They know what's going on. You were. I was not <laughs> doing lie. that as a child. <laughs> <laughs> All the kids are watching Red Tube. Take yeah, like, take podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um yeah i just don't think i don't think there's any longevity in it i can see some of the sense i don't know the research has shown that there's there's been some evidence that it works and like uh with who though who have they done they research type, they tested on? like some people who got type 2 diet and that's why i mean i'm not saying it doesn't work i'm just saying, the heck could that not work of course it's gonna work they're gonna yeah. put anybody on edited colors they're gonna get shredded yeah you yeah. probably lose muscle mass in the process but like <laughs> what's, the, what's the goal here like it's gonna do its job but is it gonna work like sustainably as well and then a year later or are they going to slip back into the normal habits because yeah. they don't know what else to do 100%. Like, yeah i mean and that's like what you were saying too and going into just low calorie diets in general like you can compare that to just being on very low calorie diets just in the fitness industry alone like that's it's the same principle like why it's bad you know you can't sustain that and then what do you do when you get to those things that like those you know things that happen when you get your calories that low then what do you do most people they just binge and put it all back on again. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's one of the questions I was going to ask you as well, Zach. Is what is your preference now when it comes to like your own weight loss and your own fat ass? Maybe in comparison to like Did you say fat ass then? I probably that was, literally that, 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 that was, that was a slide dig. I was getting the slide digs in there fat early. Ass, fat ass. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what is your preference? Maybe like now to Zach, like five years ago, maybe. Yeah, well, my like my thing has always been I've had to get my calories pretty low in the in the past to get because I think I I've just not like I'm not a big guy. Yeah, I'm like when I'm um, when I'm lean, like when I was younger, I would get down to like I don't know if you guys do it, like probably sixty five kilos of my like when I started training shredded. So my calories were always like thirteen hundred, fifteen hundred at the end of my diet. So I was comfortable on low calories because I was used to it, um, and because of that, I think I would have a propensity to get very very low with my food so like i would have this mental thing of like i can't get lean unless my cows are below 1500 like that's what i'd tell myself 
and I would just go like nuts. So in, in, I do it a very quickly as well because I just get straight into it. Um, and then now in the past probably like year, um, specifically in the past four months of this cut, I've done it very, very slow. And like, and that's been like very consciously keeping food in a lot higher than normal, just to prove to myself that I can get that lean and eat that much. And then I had to go, what to rewire my own head because like I can happily tell other people to eat, you know, more yeah. than what they would think. And then they'll follow it. They'll get the results. Like, this is great. But when it comes to yourself, I think you're just much like more critical. So I've always been like very critical on myself. So this time around, I've been doing it very slow, very like, I guess a more meticulous approach to it, which has been like really, really good. Mm-hmm. Well, we had this conversation yesterday. We had something like to you about taking your own advice. And as I think as coaches, because we're so used to looking after other people as well, you mm-hmm. then don't take on that advice. Like I've been in a similar position in the past because I had to die quite low to get down myself. But saying that I've done, when I was like 18, I think I did like a show prep where I did a men's physique show. And I was doing it with a coach who I'd been on like, the lowest I ever went was 2,600. And like my normal days were all 3,200, mate. And I lost about two stone. Um, That's crazy. I may ever try to do that now. Fucking absolutely no chance, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll be dying all year and never come down. But it was crazy. <laughs> I don't know, maybe because my metabolism was a different place then. I was a little bit more active mm-hmm. as well. Um, but now, like, I've, I've had in the past and I've got, I'm like, my, my normal kind of comfortable body weight is like 205 in pounds. Okay. It's not kilos, by the way. Jesus, not a yeah. truck. Um, <laughs> He's 10 but, foot tall, by the way. <laughs> um, but I've had to come down to like 1.8 in the past before. Um, yep. for, for my weight and height, that's, that's like quite low for me. And I just noticed that I started to get like some negative effects from it as well, especially like from a psychological point of view. I've done that for a long period of time. It's then caused me like, even like social anxiety from going out and not wanting to eat in places. It's given like bad relationships with food. It's made me think like on the days where I've even gone like 10% over my calories, like I'm going to put on weight. It just created like a negative effect from being on calories so low for so long. Yeah. That's like one thing I'm really, really getting into now is, is that mental side of things that happens that people don't, um, they not that they don't talk about it because a lot of people in our space now are talking about it, but more that they don't educate people on what to do and what to expect. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I think is a big thing because as you guys would know, like from that, when you get your calories so low, there's a number of things that happen like to the body at the time and to the mind, you don't really realize it. You might be like, you think you're doing well because you're sticking to your diet and you're tracking every single thing but you don't realize what that's doing to your head when you track, when you have to track every single thing mm-hmm. you think it's like creating this, like almost like unconscious thing where you think I'm going to get fat. If I eat 10 calories over, you yeah. forget that you're in a 500 calorie deficit. You think if I am not in that, I'm going to get fat. It's just crazy. Like very obsessive thing. So like, like for example, one thing I'm doing now to not get in that place is if I notice that thought pattern come back, I just break it. If that makes sense. Like, if I'm going about my day and think, oh, I shouldn't have that because that means I'll get fat. I immediately just like recognize that it's some like weird, like negative thought pattern. And I just like try crush it before it gets weird. I think that's like a well powerful thing to do though as well. And I feel not a lot of people have that in terms of when you start dieting. Because one of our common questions is when people are in a deficit, am I supposed mm. to be like this hungry? And it's like, they don't yeah. expect that they're, they're actually going to be hungry. I'm like, well, yes, because you're, you're, you're in a calorie deficit. They're like, oh, but like, I want to eat a little bit more. Like I'm very fatigued. And it's kind of finding that balance. It's like, okay, do you actually want to lose fat then? Or do you want more energy to, to, to not lose fat? Like it, it's, it's hard for people to understand. It's the time frame too, yeah. because like, if they want to lose a massive amount, obviously they're going to need to be hungry, you know, for yeah. that, in, that short, in a short time, they're going to need to be. But if, if they want to like have more energy, but then do it over a longer period of time, then of course, like you don't need to be that obsessive and crazy with it all. You can be in a hundred calorie deficit for a longer period of time and not even notice it. Yeah. Mm. Like I mean, this, this is okay. I think that's the thing that some people are is that they are hungry again the first two weeks and like, oh fuck that, I can't do it. And then don't realize that whenever you change anything in your life is going to have some like impact and knock on effect to it, especially yeah. until like you have settled into that regime and maybe your hormones have changed a little bit, leptin and ghrelin will playing up a little bit, your hunger hormones until you've really settled in into that. So it's not 
going to be that bad the whole way along. I mean, yeah. the first two weeks are generally going to be the worst, especially when you're cutting calories by by quite a lot. So I think you just need to settle into a bit of a bit of rhythm with it. And at the same time, you're gonna, I think, all the way through the diet, have periods where you're hungry. But again, mm. being being hungry for 20 minutes never killed anyone. And, and most of the time, yeah. if you can pass that like 20 minute, I'm sure you've done it before, where if you keep busy for like 20 minutes, like whether you get stuck in some work or you're doing something else, generally that hunger will pass after like 20, 30 minutes and you're, you're oh, fine. And, so sure right and I think that's like not having a few tools like in your arsenal, I guess, to like, I guess, just accommodate that. So when you get really hungry, like I, I usually think why, and then I'll have reasons to change my carb sources to be more, have higher volume, less calories. So like I would never go into a diet eating super carb dense foods, like, say just like rice, I would just wouldn't do it. Because for me, I would much rather have um, like pumpkin or we've got low carb potatoes here. I don't know if you guys have them there. Oh Give mate, we, we smashed the arse off pumpkin when we came to the fair because we don't get as much in. I loved it. Yeah. I, I don't know if we get pumpkin here. You, you can't just buy it in like cubes. Like you could in Austria. Really? Yeah, we and loved it out there. Like, you don't have low carb white potatoes, do you? Low carb who? <laughs> Like potatoes, like regular potatoes. No, that's not. What is this this wizardry? (laughs) Okay, yeah, I don't even want to tell you guys because you feel like bad FOMO. It's actually they're like potatoes with probably eight percent carbs. No, they're regular potatoes. You don't know the difference yet. So there's like in Australia, and I think in the states they've got them in some places too. Um, They're called charisma potatoes here. So I get all my guys. (laughs) <laughs> just buy the bag. Buy the bag <laughs> of Amazon. The, the only chance we've got is if we just put like I don't know, like clam root roll inside a baked potato. <laughs> just go, just go. <laughs> same effect. Yeah, true. same thing, mate. Same shit. But like stuff like that, I'll put that in my instead of rice. I'll have like that or pumpkin or something in my oats. Um, I'd you know put grated zucchini and like all those things to actually add volume, fill you up a bit yeah. more. Mm. What drives me nuts is when I see people and I'm like, this is in my caption the other day. Like when people like weigh their lettuce and. <laughs> and just crack it and all that stuff. I'm like, you know, like, oh, but my diet says I have to have 100 grams of greens. I'm like, do you want to eat more? They go, yes. I'm like, we'll do that. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, it's actually one calorie. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, in the grand scheme of things, when they're going off like 50 calories, as if that's going to do anything, mm. it's like, just make yourself happy. Make sure you're not actually physically hungry. And then there's always going to be some kind of like um, need to satisfy a craving. Like, you're going to want foods, you're going to miss foods, but that doesn't mean you're hungry. You know, so I think at least cover what you can in terms of like, make sure you're eating enough food in terms of the volume and then find ways to deal with those, those cravings when you feel like you want a snack or you want something sweet or whatever that may be. Like there's ways I think to make dieting easier and to deal with those like hunger pains. You don't have, it doesn't have to be hell. I think people just think it's got to be hell and I can't do it or it's got to be the best. And it's like, like you said, it's a balance with it. Yeah. I think what a lot of people do is like touching that point is, You'll get some people a message like, oh, do you have to weigh out your salad? But then we'll be like, I'll just smash the arse of a chicken kebab both Saturday and Sunday night. So they're, they're really like strict in some areas of where they think they need to be. But then in other areas, like they're completely not arsed. And it's like, there's no balance there between the two. Because I think it's like, it's that all or nothing approach that people like yeah. to have. It's that they think if I have one cookie, it means I may as well have the whole fucking pack. You know, it's like, it doesn't really... It, it mentally everyone's like that but you know that it, you'd be better off having one cookie leaving it at that and then not finishing the rest of it but people go nah I'm, I'm all i'm going all out on this like and then they'd rather diet like for six days perfectly strict weigh the lettuce and then on sunday don't even worry about it and have all the ice cream they can they can fit without vomiting like it's yeah, a very yeah. and i think like the problem is is like people don't really talk about that you know people don't they they glorify the whole um refeed cheat day all these things and then how strict they are they glorify those aspects and don't really like provide people a framework to make balance 100 that's what it is though and that actually is one of the questions we wanted to discuss and it's more so i guess like the role of social media and this obviously does include youtube and instagram because i feel like youtube's very heavy on the twenty thousand calorie cheat meal kind of vibe um but what kind of influence do you think it's had on people but coming from like an influencer perspective so like when influencers or like celebrities who've been on like love island or whatever and they're promoting these crazy low calorie diets or like juices or whatever they they promote i don't even know but 
I guess like, yeah, what is your perception with like social media? I think it's just so tricky because like, as you guys would know, people will just believe everything, you know, like they'll believe that this guy got in shape because of this specific diet or this one thing, or he does cheat meals. So that means it's okay. Like it, people are so easily influenced. So I think we have to be careful. Like as our roles as like, you know, influencers or whatever you want to call it. But I think we've got to be careful in giving people like the right information so that they can make their own decisions. Um, and also like, I mean, if I've done all of those cheat meal videos on YouTube and I'll try to tell people how it's not good, you know, don't do this, don't do this and stuff like that. And I've like literally said in multiple videos, this just does well, like this kind of content does well. Yeah. But yeah. that's it. I've done, I just stopped doing them for a bit. Cause I was like, um, to be honest with you, the reason why I was doing them and why it was easy was cause I was, I was dieting severely. So that made it very easy to go and binge for a day and film it. You know what yeah. I mean? And that is like, that alone is just bad to do to get that message across there. So I made a video, like a couple of videos telling people how, like why I was stopping and why it's not good. Um, and then I've, I've always said that like, I don't like to glorify binge eating because it's not good. And people think that, um, I guess it's entertaining to watch, but it's, you, I think I've always tried to tell people that like, here's the information, do what you want with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, it's difficult when it's an entertainment aspect too, especially like with YouTube and all like the, you know, like the clickbait stuff, like it, it's yeah. difficult. Yeah. I, I, for me, I don't think that's like the biggest issue because I think as long as you've got your head screwed on, I think people know that you're not doing it every single week where it's becoming like a pattern. Um, yeah. I think the, one of the bigger issues for me is like when you've got um, like celebrities or some influencers coming out and like, here's my body transformation. There was one the other day. Um, this was me after six weeks of being on like 1,000 calories a day, doing this, this, and this. And he's like a 200 odd pound male. And then, then especially guys are probably waking up the next day and going, that is like the pinnacle of what I need to be hitting for weight loss. Um, yeah. And they're taking like that one person's calorie intake and applying it and thinking like, that's the holy grail to, to weight loss. And then most yeah. of the time, they're just digging themselves into the hole. They're probably creating worse relationships with food. And just having that negative side effects from being like that low of a caloric deficit. See, that's funny because when I started making my cutting videos on YouTube, I actually would lie to people about my intake because it was so low that I didn't want to give that information out. So I had to boost it up. So I was eating maybe 1400 and then I boosted it up to 1800 for the video because I knew that people would copy me, even though mm -hmm. I say, don't copy me, you know, add in more of this, whatever. Um, but I knew that they would. So I still like knowingly just increased it a little bit. Cause I'm like, it's going to be better for them if they, yeah, if yeah. they do copy. And I still had heaps of comments going 1800. That's, that's so low. You're going to die. Like you can't, I'm like, oh shit, <laughs> I really knew what I was doing. So like, I was like the opposite in actually giving people, um, knowing that they're going to use that and just copy it. I, I feel like they're just going to do it. You know, people are they're going to do what they're going to do. Um, so I had to just kind of like, just like crank it up a little bit. But um, I would never uh, tell people to diet on such low calories because, like, they, I guess people just want something that's going to work, right? Yeah. Like, they just want to get the result, but they don't really know what um, will happen to them once they do get it or how they're going to feel, what, what happens to their, you know, their brain, you know? I think, I, think that's, I think everyone's so different as well. And that's one of the questions I was going to ask you because I remember when we were in Manchester and we went for something to eat and... I remember talking to to Matt about when he's done like some of his videos before with regards like the, the big food consumptions. And he seems to be like one of those guys who just soaks up food like a like a sponge. Yeah. Like he just yeah. he can just eat. But I know I've done it before because when I've like had massive calorie intakes, like sometimes the next day I'll eat like I've had close to fuck all. So when yeah. you've done some of those videos in the past where you've done the eating challenges, what is like or what was your mentality the next day like following that and what was your kind of before process with your calorie intake? Well, at the, like I said, at those times, because I was always on such low calories. Um, so my most popular ones, the ones that have got like two, four million views or whatever, like the Happy Meals and stuff, I did them because I was happy to do them because I was like eating 13, 1400 calories during the week. Yeah. One day of filming, I'd go, like the idea of that was awesome to me. Like I was like 50 Krispy Kremes. Content <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, as an excuse, like, the camera could have been off the whole time and I would have been doing it anyway. Yeah. Um, but it was just an excuse. So what I would do is like, I would diet like crazy for six days. And then on the seventh day, it'd be like, okay, that's the, the challenge. I wouldn't eat anything like in the morning. So I was actually proper hungry. Mm -hmm. So imagine how hungry you'd be after eating nothing. And yeah, then yeah. On the seventh day, literally nothing. 
you'd like smash food. So I did that and did the video. And then that night would be always just like nothing because I always feel so, so full oh. still. And then the next day would be straight back into like that. I reckon the next day would be fasting until um, maybe like lunchtime. And it would always be double up on cardio. Like it was just that crazy opposite, like all out mindset of just extreme burning calories, burning calories. And then it would just kind of, the cycle would continue until the next video. Yeah. I, mean, that's I, lost a- muscle. I lost a lot of muscle and I was slowly gaining fat at one point. It was very weird what was happening with my composition. I mean, I guess that point doesn't it? And I know we, we were speaking about it yesterday because I think you put a, a composition update up yesterday. And then um, Lucy was like, fucking hell, Zach looks massive. And I was like, all right, <laughs> just calm the fuck down first. <laughs> Locked me. Locked yeah, me up. yeah, mate, you'll be unfollowing you after this podcast, trust me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think it's, I think that shows in like your physique at the moment that you look a lot fuller than you do, but you're still um, chipping away at the body fat. Um, and yeah. I guess that's just due to the way that you've approached diet now as opposed to how you did back then as well. Million percent. It's so much less um, like restrictive now in terms of like my carbs and like probably double on average what they were at this, the last time I was this, even the last time I was this body fat. Cause I always just have this thing of like, just cut it out, cut it out. And I really just deplete. Um, and then I would look, I would only look good with a, with a huge pump. Like that was basically it. And then I would slowly just feel very skinny. So I think like there was a lot of um, time where I could have held on to more muscle than I did. And I probably burnt a lot of um, muscle unnecessarily, but especially doing those big uh, cheat meal, like the cheat days and stuff. I think that um, is just a sure way to kill, kill your muscle because mm-hmm. it makes you really over diet, but then you're just flooding your body with a mass amount of calories at one time. Yeah. So that's probably like the worst possible way of doing things, but still people promote it. They're like, yeah. oh, it's a cheat day. Go nuts. Like, yeah, I think the more people speak about it, the better it is because I know you put a, a video up yesterday, didn't you, about your experience? Yeah, I think it always comes from experience as well. So I finally, after like four years yesterday, uploaded my, because you won't even know this, but I had an eating yeah. disorder for two and a half, three years, which really? is quite a long period of time. Yeah, I was bulimic for three years, like whilst right. I was doing my fitness content as well and it's like honestly the amount of messages i had yesterday like were unbelievable like oh my god you've made me feel like i can talk about it i can't believe somebody Mm. who is like an influencer could have an eating disorder i thought you just always naturally like in really good shape and all this but it was the amount of people who were like completely shocked weren't they Mm. i think it's because i've never spoke about it for one so it's quite hard to kind of like think oh god she had a really bad relationship with food but it always Mm. comes from like a learning curve and I think if you're because you do it now you did it in your your food videos where you explain to people like don't do this um Mm. obviously your shredding kind of calories and things now is so much better what like two years on obviously my Mm -hmm. relationship with food two years on is so much better and I think that's where influencers can be really really powerful in like a really good way not in terms of like the love <laughs> love island ones who come yeah. out and eat a thousand calories but yeah. yeah that was a that was a big video for was me yesterday was fitness it? um was fitness like one of the re- i'm sure you touched on the video was that like one of the reasons that you think it triggered it like that it actually did it yeah for sure so i used to swim for gb i was a complete time wow. swimmer um for when i was like 14 to 18 competitively. So for four years, my body fat was measured every three weeks. I was weighed every day. We would watch what we like eating and stuff like that. So I think for me, that was the trigger. So when I kind of went from training nine times a week, full time swimmer, everything was so like specific to then stopping. Mm-hmm. I think I was a very, very confused girl because I continued to do that amount of training but like not in the same sense because I wasn't in the pool nine times a week. I was like doing fasted cardio. I was weight training in the evening. I started to put a bit of weight on naturally. I would when I start swimming, didn't like it. Was still eating the same because when I was a swimmer, I could literally eat like, I don't know, because you're doing so much exercise. It was like five hours in the pool a day. I could have like 2,500 calories from a young age. So when I quit, I was kind of still eating that. So I thought my only way out was like binge eating, 
And then I just ended up being bulimic for like two years because for me, I was like, I feel so trapped, but I think it came from the competitive swimmer background because so many athletes messaged me yesterday being like, I'm a dancer, I'm a swimmer. I did this and it is exactly the same. I had an eating disorder as well because of this. And it's never spoke about, but I think it's such a common thing for young, it'll be guys as well, but a lot of young girls, they're so pressured to look a certain way or be like, I had to be a certain weight for like four Mm. years. It was like so specific. So I think a lot of people who messaged me yesterday did also come from that competitive background. But I feel like it's like a taboo topic because in my video, I mentioned like British women and stuff and how they like they weren't the best with it but I, th- I feel like people are just quite scared to talk about that mm. but i think they are for sure it is just like the pressure thing too like you're saying mm. you had the external pressures from that and then people nowadays they have the pressure on themselves to look a certain way so their calories get that low that like and this is like what i've found too is i have to speak to a lot of people that like just start dieting say for a competition mm. and they just start and then they start and i'm like so how are you finding it all and they're like towards the tail end of it And then they start talking about food and I can recognize exactly like that is not a normal way to think about food. You know, it's like I was, when I was super lean, I would spend time on Instagram scrolling through food pages and just saving them. Right. And I'm like, this is that. It was like, and it was nonstop. Like it was, it was just nonstop. And and I didn't really know at the time that it was um, like a bad thing because I'm like, it's good. I can't wait to have them and smash all this. But that, like, that thought pattern that I was just creating every day, it wasn't normal. It wasn't good. And I think that people, it's just a, like, it's a formula to get to that point. Yeah. Tell somebody restrict your calories, over restrict them for a long period of time. I guarantee you, you'll get to that point if you're not aware of, well, like, aware of what's going on. Yeah. So that's why I try to tell people like, if you want to look a certain way at that like super shredded level, some things are going to happen in mm. like mentally. You're going to, feel obsessed with food. It's all you're going to think about. You're going to get body dysmorphia where you feel like you're fatter than what you are. You're going to tie yourself worth to how you look. As soon as you lose your abs, you're going to feel like shit. There's all these things that like are going to happen if you're not aware of it. So I think like one of the biggest things you can do is be aware of that. And that's what I'm trying to do now as I get leaner is be aware of those things that can happen and try not to let them take over as normal habits. You know, like try to keep perspective all the time of like, you know, whether you tell yourself that, it's okay. You look good, even though you're not like 2% body fat mm. or um, you tell yourself if you, you don't need, you're not craving certain foods. It's just your mind doing that. I think that's pretty, like that can be powerful for me. Yeah. 100%. And we've, we've spoke about that like recently on one of the podcasts about um, self-talk and the way that you talk to yourself is one of the biggest things, especially when it comes to body image. But I can completely relate on the, the food side of things. Remember I was saying to you, listen, mate, I was, I must have been Yeah, eight. I thought that was dead strange, I think though, I was, didn't I? Yeah, but I was like 20 when I did my mm. first com- competition. And where most guys were probably saving like images from Bang Bros, I was saving like, <laughs> yeah. like, like 100 images of like, my, my fetish was white chocolate, mate. So I was just saving everything yeah. white chocolate. Like I had 100 oh, images exactly. on the laptop. I remember showing Lucy and she's like, what the fuck is this? it's like it's like my porn collection of white chocolate (laughs) that's actually what it's like that's like i've compared that in a video as well before i said like most guys my age would be just saving photos of girls and all this stuff i'm like you should see these snacks i've got (laughs) it's just not um it's just not something you want to have like on your mind 24 7 yeah especially when you're single it probably looks a little bit uh, (laughs) a little bit strange 100 and when i was like when my calves were that low forget about it like i did i just had i just lost interest in because like sex yeah. drive just went out you know when i was that low so I was yeah like, at least i got my se- i got my food like that was like- <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is like nobody just tell nobody tells you about these things yeah. they just show you how good they look at six percent body fat and then yeah. when you get there it's on you to figure out how to deal with it yeah and that's what i think is one of the biggest problems like nowadays especially so it's like good like loosely you put that video out sharing your story with people because they would think that they're the only ones that have those tendencies mm. and, you know. Yeah. That was it massively, wasn't it, it yesterday? It's one of the big things that, that comes aside. The fact of a knock on though, isn't it? And again, because people don't talk about it. I remember when I was doing that, that show prep, like no joke, it was two o'clock in the morning. My mates were like in the bar in the club and I was in the back of his car licking the rest of my cod out my Tupperware. No, <laughs> no joke. It was fucking, yeah. it was minging, mate. But then that's had, a knock, that's had a knock-on effect to me later on because I've spoken before on this podcast, I don't think I've spoke to you about before, Zach, is I ended up with something and it was obviously had some kind of impact from that. I had something called NES, which is 
nighttime eating syndrome. So I got to a point where I was waking up in the middle of the night, like not completely conscious. So it was almost like sleepwalking. And I was getting what? up. You remember, it was crazy. Like I couldn't stop doing it. It was happening like two or three times a week. Really? Yeah. And I was like smashing food in, wasn't I? To a point though, mate, what? it was crazy. But to a point where, because I wasn't properly eating it, it was making like my throat bleed and stuff because I was just smashing it back. It must have been like no body. I'd, I'd say you'd have like up to a thousand calories. In a sitting, yeah. In yeah. A sitting. But it was like weird shit. Like I'd get a Twix and like dip it in hummus and eat it. Like not normal behavior, mate. It was weird. Really? Um, yeah. But then the next day I was completely depressed because obviously, as you can imagine, if you're dieting, and then, yeah, you feel sabotage. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like going to work every day and not getting paid. Like, you just, you put on a little yeah. button, but then getting fuck all back from it. But it got to a point where it happened for about 12 months, didn't it? it? Yeah, it was a well long period of time. And it was so hard because you were dieting. But then, at least, like, I'd say, like, three times a week at least, you'd have like an extra thousand calories a night. But it was honestly in like a 10 minute thing because I can, I sleep like a log. So I don't really hear him. And in my house, we don't have locks on the um, on the kitchen door. So I couldn't, I, I just heard him upstairs and have like, I run up like at like 2 a.m. I'm like, come back down. Yeah, but then I was quite aggressive, wasn't I? Yeah. It's like when you wake a sleepwalk girl. You know, mm. you're, not meant, you're not supposed to wake people up at all, are you? Yeah. So you have no recollection of it? I'd, I'd have a recollection of like, I could probably taste something in my mouth in the morning or again, like my throat would be bleeding or I'd be really, really bloated from like, eating food so quickly. And uh, the kitchen in the morning is just was a like mess, yeah. a mess. Yeah, mate, it was weird. Is, dude, I, I, like, I'll be honest, I've never heard about that. Like that's- yeah. it's Google, not that, Google, it's Google, Google NES, it's quite, it's quite rare, but I think that was kind of a knock-on effect of all those years of um, yeah. neglecting nutrition. the way I was, yeah, nutrition and um, being in like really low calorie diets. But then I went to doctors about it, like I saw a therapist about it because she like helped me with like, the sleep side of things because it's also a sleeping disorder as well. Um, but mate, I was Googling stuff on Amazon, like house alarms that I could put on the stairs that would wake me up if I went past them, <laughs> like fucking yeah. chains for the cupboards and stuff. I was, I was, I was going to say, we could have locked the cupboards up. Yeah. We just didn't have them. Oh, we would have broken them. Yeah, yeah, you, mate, would, you would yeah. have got through them. Like, yeah. When, yeah. When, when we stayed at your, um, parents' house, there's a key that you can lock the kitchen, but he'd find the key and open mate, it. Yeah. Like it's not. <laughs> It's compl- like, and we swapped sides in the bed, so you'd wake me up, and no- nothing. Yeah. It was hard. That is so bad. Like, it was better, so frustrating waking up going, "Oh, you fucked your diet again." Yeah, yeah. sleep. That's literally what it was. Yeah, it was. The, it got to a point where it was like, it was so depressing. The only time that it stopped was when uh, we went to Australia, wasn't it? Mm. Because obviously, what I what I think was because my time zone was like flipped. It also oh yeah. So to, to like miss Acadian rhythm or something like that and the way that my food intake was. But yeah, mate, it was the it was the weirdest thing ever. But I think that I've come from as well. Like me, I always had a bad relationship with food when I was younger for like binge eating and stuff. I think that was mm. off the back of that whole thing of be restrictive and then on a Saturday just fucking smash as much food in as you can. Um, yeah, exactly. as much as possible. So that had slowly built up that bad um relationship, relationship of Diet binge, diet bad binge. Yeah, exactly, because it's, it's bad habits. But the six days that you're dieting like crazy is good habits in your mind because it's like it's accomplishing the goal. And, it's, and that means you're being good if you're sticking to your diet and eating nothing. And then on the one day that you're allowed a, a cheat day, whatever it is, then you also call it good habits because you're allowed it. But really, mm-hmm. when you look at what's going on, like it's just practicing the, like, the worst. You know, mm-hmm. there's, no, there's no moderation. There's no balance being practiced. There's no actual like good habits. Like one thing I'm doing now is just to kind of not get to that point is as soon as I feel like I'm getting too funny with like food and the mentality of it, I'll force myself to eat a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. every day I'll have something like a little bit of like Kit Kat or whatever if I'm feeling something because it stops me from spiraling down that path of like thinking I have to be low. I have to, I can't have this kind of that. And it's been really good because it, it basically just levels me out a little bit. I think that's one of the good things that, but I often find there's like two different types of clients that I work with sometimes. And it's often sometimes I have to look at in terms of their behavior, but you sometimes get people like, no, I need to be mega strict all the time. I can't have a little bit because if I have a little bit, I'll have a load. But then you'll get some people who need that balance between having a bit of something yeah. that they like with some of that they need. And I've spoke about this before and I've mentioned this on the, the podcast is it's like when I've said to you about 
you, when your mum said to you, don't go and play with that kid down the road because he's weird and shoves crayons up his bum. But you still go and play with that kid anyway because you've been told not to, so you'll go and do it. Um, yeah. So I think if you, if you create that kind of relationship with food where it's like, now I've got to completely cut it off because it's bad for me, you're just going to have yeah. it in abundance anyway. So sometimes having a little bit of um, a bit of kick out or whatever it may be, sometimes just stops that from happening and creating those barriers. And it's, it's hard too, like 100%. Because the people also that would say, like you said, um, I can't have any of it, like, because otherwise I'll just want more. It's fine and you're okay. And then you, but if you watch what happens with them over the long term, what happens when the diet's done? You know what I mean? Like then that's, the, that's what gets me. Is like it's, it's very confusing because they might think, oh no, I'm fine for this 12 weeks. Like I don't want to touch anything. I'm, I'll be strict. But then what happens like after the 12 weeks, what happens on their refeed day? What are those practices and habits? Are they going to go and go all out and binge whatever they missed? And that's like the, the hard thing I think people don't really get is because they live so short term of like day by day, the, the whatever 12 week plan it is. But they don't think about what happens after that and what are they never going to have those foods ever again? It's like a, it's a very difficult thing. Like, but you can't really, like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't tell people to practice moderation. 100%. Sometimes they just go, I just want the result. Like, you know, and otherwise they might not get the result. So you're like, okay, we'll, we'll clean it up and be super strict. And if you need a day of the week where you can have a few things you might miss then go for it. But it's, it's very difficult. Yeah. I think one of the other things is it's, it's obviously difficult for us as males because what, I think one of the things that I did was got pissed off because we have testosterone and we get moody sometimes. And that's one of the things that's a knock on effect of low calorie diets. But then for females, mm. you've got other things that come into play like ovulation, the menstrual cycle, uh, other hormones that obviously get, suppressed by that which is even more dangerous for females in the future when it comes to the low calorie diets yeah i think it is as well though naturally like our physiology as women we store more fat for pregnancy like in the future so and for some reason people well women in general they can't come to terms with the fact that we store more fat than guys and like you wouldn't <laughs> want the same body fat as as a male you you'd look you'd look like you're about to step on stage. Like it would just be bizarre. But, and so many of my clients are like, Oh, I've got, um, like stubborn fat around my stomach and my thighs. I'm like, yeah, I have it all over my thighs, but I would literally have to eat like a thousand calories to lose that because it's just not physiology for mm -hmm. me. It's just not a thing. It's just not possible. But trying to get that message across to people, because you see a lot of like coaches on Instagram now who only set their clients calories for their own ego so they can get the yeah. quickest transformation photos so they can make more money. And then you've got my clients who are doing like a 12 or 14 week cut, like, oh, but they did it in six weeks. I'm like, yeah. well, let's have a look where they are after that six weeks. And it, it's that comparison of social media. I definitely think uh, women do it a lot more than guys. I, I think feel when like you get anything quick in life, when you get anything in life really quick, like when people win the lottery, they end up fucking all up because yeah. they get things too quick and they don't work for it. So yeah. it's the same kind of effect. Yeah, it's well true. hundred percent. And that's why it's, it's hard with social media too, because like people are always going to be like better at losing fat or they're always going to be willing to get the calories lower and lose more in a smaller window, you know? And then it's hard to just, I guess the, the key is just not to compare, you know, like, I've learned not to compare myself with anybody else because like even genetics is so different. No, Why? Exactly. There's no point even like comparing with somebody else. Completely different genetics. Everything's completely different. Like, but because beginners don't really get that. Yeah. So they'll just think, oh, I just want that result. Like, I don't, why can't I just look like that? It's such a big thing. Like I went, I was training with Elliot the other day, Elliot the other day and I was like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> every time, every time. I was like, we just doing stuff and like he, he hasn't trained for like a week and I was like he's fucking just strengths through the roof he's he's absolutely I get pumped but he gets on he looks massive I was like fuck off <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he, he actually didn't train for all the months I had a home gym fully decked out I'm going yeah. as hard as I can and he still looks better than me he doesn't have to work <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a freak but then like, that, that, again that comes down to genetics and I think one of the biggest I've said it a few times is one of the biggest killers of joys and happiness is comparison but yeah a lot of people will come to you as like they come to us and they'll be like when they want to start a program they start the program because like i want to look like zach like and mm -hmm. getting that message across that it doesn't take 12 weeks to get to this point it's going to take a lot longer the journey is a lot longer than that so i think comparisons yeah. um a massive one one of the other things i want to quickly touch on i don't know if you've ever tried it before and we spoke about before in the past 
is um, diet breaks and the use of diet breaks. So obviously there's been kind of like some research papers published in regards to comparing like a normal, maybe like prolonged diet and period of not mega aggressive. So maybe like a 10% deficit. And then we've got like this um, new research which has shown good results from doing like an aggressive two week window followed by like maybe a one or two week diet break period where you bring your calories back up to maintenance. Um, and the, the fat loss over that period of time has been shown to be kind of similar, but the metabolism of those who've done the diet break has shown to be a little bit better because obviously they brought the calories back up. Have you ever yeah. tried anything like that before? Um, no, I haven't. I know it is definitely like the ideal. And I've always said like, I, I would do um, a diet break if I say got my calories too low and then I wanted to kind of like get a bit lower, but without eating less. But like you were saying before, I'm too critical. So I never kind of let myself mm -hmm. do it. Just stupid. I've given it to a heap of people to do it and seen like awesome results. Because like you said, having that, especially even better by having like the, the mini ones, like a two weeks at a time or something, um, that's been like shown to reverse the um, metabolic adaptations heaps like that you get from like a normal just diet, like deficit. But I've never actually committed to like, say two weeks on, two weeks maintenance or whatever. Because like, I just, I'm a creature of habit. I'll do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So like, I kind of, yeah. Have you guys done, done it before? I've never personally done no, it. No, I, I'm the same though. I feel like I'm like, I, I, I eat the same thing every day. I think we're like in a different mindset though, the way that we like kind of our consistency is that with the level because we've been dying for a long time. Yep. That's what I mean. Like when I do like my, what I eat in a day videos, I eat the same thing every day because I genuinely don't care and I enjoy what yeah. I eat. And I was like, oh my, is that not boring? I'm like, no, because I know it sits well with me. It makes me mm. feel full. I have a lot of toast in my diet, which I really enjoy. So it's like the society's in there. And people are like, oh my God, but like I need a different dinner every single day. I'm like, well, you do that then. But I, got, I don't have the time to cook something different every single day. I think the other thing with that as well, and like when we've had clients in the past, are like, oh, do we get a new diet this week? It's like, new oh, diet plan each week. Absolutely fucking not. Because when it comes to like measuring stuff, if you're changing things around all the time, how do you know what to like pull in, pull out, when to cut stuff back a little bit? Yeah, you don't know what's like variables. Work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Add in fifty variables, change one, you see what happens. Exactly. So it makes it. I think it like the really good difficult. thing about the good thing about the diet breaks. I think the like one of the best things is is the mental side of things because it actually gives you that mental break and then and eat a bit more. See that not much is going to happen to your your body fat. You know, like I think like. I would always have them to put in when I get quite lean to the point where I start feeling like I feel like I'm dieting now. Again, I'm not quite there yet. I'm pretty comfortable during the day, but at the point where I start getting too food focused, I'll be inclined to put one in there like for just a week, two weeks, whatever it is just at maintenance. So I can prove to myself that that maintenance of like, what is it? 2300 or something for me is not going to make me fat because yeah. when you, when you're dieting, you think that, maintenance is going to make you fat yeah but definitely can't but you just are convinced it will so like i'll keep them in there for when i get to that point but i think that um i like to get in a role in terms of like my fat loss and progress and i like to kind of just keep chipping away at it and seeing the changes like week by week so different different methods i guess yeah i think that that's one of the biggest things is the mentality approach to it is i think if people can come it depends on the personality of the person, I believe, as well, with the type of method. Like, are there the type of person who needs those breaks in there and it helps them come out and leaves them in a better position when they come out of the diet? Because obviously a big thing of when you go for a transformation, you want to have good relationships with food. You don't want to create these negative effects that come from aggressive dieting. So I think for some people, they're really good. And I've used it with loads of clients before who have got really good results from it and they've bettered their relationship with food in the long run from doing it as opposed yeah, to just well, being aggressive, aggressive, aggressive all the time. Exactly. And it's a good way to have even like giving them that way out, like you're saying, just so they know that it's not, they're not going to go and binge like crazy when it's all done. They've done it before. They've like, they can, they've got that self-control where they can just chill at maintenance and nothing will happen. Like, I think it's good practice to, to do. Yeah. hundred percent. I think um, just before we come to a conclusion, I want, <laughs> I'm getting all professional. Aren't I? Um, <laughs> that sounded like he was writing you know when you do it in high school and in conclusion, in, in of conclusion today's yeah. essay oh, summarizing the essay I'm, I'm off to a, 
with with Benjita, mate, um, and it's a big topic and something that we get asked about a lot. And one, I think once you're into that, like that headspace of, of binge eating and you're in a bit of a role that it's so hard to break, what will kind of like be some of your quick fire things that maybe you've used in the past or a tip that you gave to other people that have helped kind of reverse that, that process and get out of it? I think um, it's, it's a good question. It's, it's more of like building the right, like I was saying before, the right habits mentally, the right thought patterns like over time. So a few things that um, I tell people and that I do myself is, um, you know, I was saying a few before, like knowing also that the food isn't going anywhere. So that's a that's a big one. Like I think that when you're dieting, you've got this like weird urgency and like scarcity that it's like it's gonna go if you don't do it now. If you if it's your, if it's your refeed day and you don't eat all the all the bread, it's like it's there's gonna be no bread in the world the next day. <laughs> it's just this weird thing where you feel like you're gonna run out if you don't do it right now. So I think that's helped me is knowing that like the food's not going anywhere. You know, you don't need to go and smash it all right now. If you've got a bigger goal in mind, great. The food can wait and it's always going to be there. Um, I think having just a sense of awareness with yourself of knowing what is happening under the, like under the surface of when, when your calories get low, when you start to get these um, obsessions with food, knowing why, and, and that that's perfectly normal. It's just, you know, it's just, I guess, a side effect of a very low calorie diet. Um, and I think having like ways to accommodate that, like keeping yourself full, not being hungry all the time. I mean, you can go through, like you said, through little bits of hunger, but I mean, you don't need to be starving every single hour and not being satisfied. You should finish a meal and be pretty full, you know? Mm. Um, so that's, that might mean getting a little bit smarter with your diets and not eating super like carbon fat dense meals. It might mean having switching out your um, rice for a pumpkin or switching out adding in zucchini to your oats or something like that just to add volume in there so it's being smart with your food choices um and i guess just not letting not encouraging the bad habits of being very obsessed and extreme and and like telling yourself now i've got to weigh this i've got to do this i kind of one slip up i think if you keep those very extreme intense um thoughts they just compound and i, I feel like they get worse because if you tell people oh no you see those guys that are so extreme like they have to track everything on my fitness pal, even though they could probably do it by eye, but they have to yeah. put it in there. I reckon those kind of people are the ones that are a bit more susceptible to it mm-hmm. because they are just so like, you know, meticulous and every, they're putting a lot of importance on the little things like the grams of carbs and fats when really they should be having a bit of a holistic approach to it. Being like, if I have this and go over my calories by 50, it's not the end of the world. It's nothing will happen. I think like having those things in the back of your head all the time, will make a world of difference. Mm. Yeah, 100%. So those barriers and guidelines. What was your input from your video yesterday? In terms of what? In, in overcoming that eating disorder. Oh, it was quite a long-winded video, but mine was more so in terms of like educating yourself. Mm. I did it in a very different way. I ended up becoming a coach, but I think people need to educate themselves, one, on kind of like the negative effects of having bulimia like i mean it can kill you it's so bad Mm. like the actual negative effects so i taught myself like okay this is what could happen to you this is what is happening okay so educate yourself like the science behind it i don't think a lot of people would do that but for me it works so well to understand like Mm. what i was eating what was the impact of training twice a day what was the impact of for example making yourself sick what is it doing to you so i educate excuse me i educated myself I think that's one of the biggest things and, and what like, the government in the UK is missing with this whole scheme is that education is the biggest thing. And the most I will voice thing. the president. It, well, I'm fucking do we, have, we don't um, even have presidents here, do we? <laughs> we have prime ministers. I will voice the prime minister. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think one of the biggest things that I noticed with Binge and, and one of the reasons why I kind of care is that even when I set myself my own calories or when I set calories with clients before, the mindset thing for a lot of people is right okay i've been set 2000 so if i cut them down a little bit further to like 1008 i'll get there quicker and then yeah. what happens then is like all right i'm fucking absolutely starving now because mm. i've got my calories lower than what my coach has told them they need to be so then that overeat so that is for me what yeah. causes binge eating a lot of the time and i'm, I'm mm. sure i've done it before in the past and mm-hmm. um you may have done it before in the past as well zach but i think for people who are stuck in that zone of binge eating and it's really difficult to do. I've just done it with a client recently is I've told her to delete my fitness pal because she was weighing everything. Yeah, so it's exactly. almost 
it's almost like detaching yourself from the matrix. Yeah. Just yeah, we watched it. Yeah. Just like Neo, fuck off a minute. Like you need to just take a break. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think if you can then it really, really hard again when you're stuck in that mind frame, but stop tracking. So going back to just having three meals per day of substantial size with uh, a decent calorie intake and having one or two snacks in there. Enjoy your training. Like stop putting as much emphasis on it. I think if you can take those barriers and boundaries away of, of the numbers being there, then you've got yeah. nowhere you've got nowhere to fall over. You can't spill over because there isn't a boundary there in the first place, which is what yeah. for a lot of people creates the binge, I believe. That's I reckon that's huge. Like both of those points on educating people on what the hell's going on and then also not being so extreme with all of the numbers. Like I reckon that's pretty much the crux of it. Because like even for me, I stopped using my fitness pal daily ages ago. But there was a point where I was using it like every single day. Same. And then when that happens, like what's that telling your brain that you need to do that? Otherwise you'll get fat. That's kind of what exactly is you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. So like even not doing that, but you'll mentally still track. Like if you go out to eat, you'll, you like, I can pretty much guess protein, carb and fat very closely. Like it's pretty cool how you can do it. Mm-hmm. It's my, yeah. it's my, it's my superpower. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, it's, it's pretty, um, it's pretty crazy. Cause when you've done it that many times, then you can look at a meal and be like, Oh yeah, that's about this. And that's what I think it's good for. Like, I think my fitness pal is good for that, of learning what the hell's in food. But if you rely on it, it's going to actually do more harm than good in the end because you'll end up obsessing about the numbers of things, which don't matter. Like, yeah, 100%. Well, I couldn't it. agree more. And we all become obsessed with those things, whether it's money, calories, whatever it is, we do too much of it. Mm. It's going to create a bad relationship. But um, really appreciate that, mate. I appreciate your input. I think one of the things I just wanted to ask before we wrap up is what is the next day in the life of oh, uh, you look oh, at that way okay uh, okay yeah well i'll tell you the one i'm posting one because when's this coming out this will be this is me we're gonna put we're gonna try and get this up tonight so don't give anything away okay. that you don't want to give away and that's cool, cool um the next one's matt does fitness and i genuinely think it's my best one yet uh-huh. oh mate i think i've seen you <laughs> it's so good. i think i've seen you were you kneeling down in shoes is that sort of- <laughs> yeah, I've been Luca. <laughs> yeah i'll give one bit away um because me and matt always pay out at each other like we always just give each other heaps of shit and um, so I asked him, like, can you record yourself uh, running me through your day, basically, so I can use that as, like, the content? And um, and he's like, yeah, sure. And I knew we'd do something. So, like, in, he just has little digs throughout the video, like, just, you know, hanging shit at me and then making me do, like, very, very outrageous things that he clearly doesn't do. <laughs> so I think, as, like, which I expected. I'm like, this is fine. I expected it. But just as, like, a bit of a uh, chance at redemption, I just basically said that, um, <laughs> this sounds so much worse now that I say, but I, I did a skit where I was Luca and then I had to read the lines that Matt was giving me. Otherwise, um, I'd have to go back in the cage and wouldn't eat dinner for a week. <laughs> and, then, um, and then someone from child protection services came in <laughs> and that was basically, that was that bit. So I'm, I'm genuinely excited for that one. We'll see, hopefully people take it well. Oh, mate. Yeah. The bottom one was sick. I probably enjoyed that it. So one. Good. I think you hated it in the end because I didn't stop singing that song that you had on there. Yeah, what was the Rick what? Ross one? Was yeah. it? Yeah, oh, David. Yeah, jeez. Oh my, <laughs> yeah. oh my god! <laughs> I yeah, like did week. not stop a week. <laughs> oh, do you know what I'm gonna get? Okay. Go. For, what were you gonna say? So the next one I think I'm gonna do is um, I bought full on Spider Man costumes like Spider Man and Venom because I get Joel and Venom, and <laughs> this is very expensive. This whole ordeal, I've and then it. I've got. I, um, I've got a Shrek costume just hanging around the house. So, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. I just wanted to give um, yeah. I wanted to give Erica a shout out as well because I think you reposted one of the stories where Erica was like Catwoman in one of her videos. Oh yeah, 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 that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, she she's one of our members on the on the uh, on the MCS school platform. Um, oh, she's awesome. But she's great, mate. She's uh, I think she's fully looking forward to this episode as well. Um, yeah. And um, I think she'll be made up that we give her a little shout out as well because she's great, yeah, isn't she? Definitely. Yeah, keep it up, Erica. <laughs> but um, really, really appreciate your time, mate. Yeah. Thanks for um, coming on, discussing the topic today. Um, yeah, and we'll definitely good. have to get some of the books in the future. And hopefully, fingers crossed, if the borders, if if the borders uh, allow it, I'm sure we'll see you hopefully some point over over the next decade, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but um, if people want to see more of you, Zach, as well, where where can they find you? Um, Instagram, YouTube, Zach Perna. Oh, nice and simple. Yeah. 
Love that. But yeah, a massive thank you to Zach again and everyone who is listening. Thank you for sharing and posting as you always do. It means a lot to us and we will see you. Make sure that you tag obviously both the school, me and Lucy, Zach, in um, if you enjoyed this week's episode of the podcast, please leave a review. It takes like 20 seconds of your time mm-hmm. and massively help us out because we're hopefully rooting for... Well, we're number two, aren't we, in the fitness charts? Yeah, neither. But number one's nice. Yeah, well, number one, number one will t- taste a little bit better. No, no. If you're not number one, you're a loser, basically. So we need to, we need to, we need an ego boost. Yeah. If you're not first, you're last. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But uh, thanks for everyone who's listening, and we will catch you in next week's episode. Bye, guys.